Welcome, please, Ed Dutton. Thank you, Declan. So, um, yes, uh, Centrica. You might be wondering, Centrica Insurance, um, uh, and you might be wondering yeah, why, why I'm here from a, what you would think of as an energy company, uh, probably. Uh, these are the brands uh, that we have within Centrica, one you'll recognise probably in the UK, in the news far too often. Uh, but British Gas, I'll come to what we do in a minute. Board Gosh, you may not know, is an Irish uh, energy company that we acquired uh, a couple of years ago. And in the States, we have a big uh, energy business. And then the other relevant brand that uh, we'll have announced uh, a few years ago that we're investing half a billion pounds in developing a connected home business. And uh, so that's what we're about. And you'll see increasingly how those things come together, hopefully in the next few minutes. Our... Um, the strategy of Centrica is changing, and you, you may have read this. Uh, we, we've moved significantly away from upstream energy, power generation, etc., and are becoming increasingly and increasingly rapidly a, a consumer-focusing comp company. Um, uh, energy supply, you will know in the UK, uh, gas and electricity supply, those of you that fear insurance is a heavily regulated and politically interfered with business. Uh, I give you energy suppliers, the, the, the real master at that. Um, and that is increasingly challenging. And as you go across, I think we are, we are trying to grow and develop in these other pillars, which are less perfectly formed yet in what, in what, in what we're going to be doing. But uh, we are uh, developing propositions in all these areas. Services, you may know the men in the blue vans who come around and mend your boiler when it breaks down. That is an insurance product. We have, uh, I run an insurance company, a billion pounds premium, four million customers, um, and we have a very large intermediary. So we have full capability in insurance in terms of selling and serving and underwriting and capital and capital models, etc. which is one of my points for just to bear in the back of your mind about the relevance insurers and whether other people can do these things that insurance companies tend to think of as their own. The other thing that's going on in the world, of course, is that increasingly on-demand services and people wanting things instantly uh, and on their own terms is, is a phenomenon that we are embraced. You may have seen adverts for Local Heroes, which is a, uh, a kind of technology-based app that puts independent traders in touch with consumers uh, with a problem, plumbing, drains, whatever, and uh, puts those together, and they transact a bit like a kind of Uber of uh, handymen, I suppose, and that is growing rapidly and is forming another plank of the services strategy. Um, and then you, you uh, so and then in peace of mind, so peace of mind, we launched a home insurance proposition, building on those insurance skills uh, about uh, four and a half years ago. It's it's a it's a challenging and interesting business to be doing, um, even in a, a white label model that you might recognise. And we've got about 100,000 customers, which is you know reasonably successful in most people's eyes, but still fairly piddly in Centrica's eyes, and one of my permanent challenges. Um, home security monitoring is, is something we're developing in America, and remote diagnostics, uh, and you can see how this starts tying into the connected home. Remote diagnostics, we can now plug in a remote diagnostic bit of kit into your boiler, and we can see it breaking down before you do, and we can have a man at your house repairing it before you've known uh, it was even your heating hasn't come on in the morning. And just bear in mind that is the sort of service that the connected home and connected things can start to offer. Um, home energy management is all about the smart meter. It's not particularly focused today. But, again, bear in mind the amount of data that we can get from 
uh, understanding people's uh, heating and energy use, so both occupancy patterns and activity patterns when they're in the home. And on the, on the left, that's principally Hive, the business you'll have seen, um, which I'll come to uh, in a minute, but that's about controlling aspects of your home and controlling appliances. Um, you can see the sort of scale of the businesses globally there. Um, we've got about 8 million UK energy customers and about 4 million services customers, um, about 2 million of which overlap. Um, and, and that red circle is, is partly the thrust here, I think, which is as we develop propositions in this area, it's increasingly apparent that you can't just silo a proposition into what would be a traditional kind of vertical or a traditional kind of market. They start spreading across all of them. And I'll show you that at the end. I'm going to lay out five challenges that I think both the connected home world and particularly insurers face in uh, thinking about how to make the most of insurance. The first one is that the connected home is not really about insurance. So the connected home is increasingly becoming this ubiquitous kind of mix of kit and services that are supplied across all aspects of your, of your life. So whether that's music, I suspect most of you have some kind of connected uh, wireless music system, whether it's uh, car charging, whether it's your appliances, and whether it's things like remote heating and the things that are more obvious. Every, everything will have some kind of connected thing, and every part of your home will have some kind of intelligence. And the challenge is that we will, as customers, start expecting all those things to be part of your life. But the challenge is, what, what does a customer get from that? What are they paying for in some kind of uh, value exchange for that? So that is the first challenge, that it's much bigger than just insurance, and insurance is just one part of uh, how all this fits together. The second challenge is it's still quite early days. Um, I think things like, uh, this is you know, with apologies to Gartner, kind of my version of a sort of hype curve, um, but... Things like smart tellies are now, you know, totally the norm. I think home music systems are increasingly most people's uh, norm. Uh, smart thermostats, I'd say, are very successful in our world. They're probably the most adopted device in our world. But the overall connected home is still something everyone is very, very excited about, but we don't actually quite know. Um, as, as a whole kind of holistic world, we don't know who's going to win. We don't know uh, precisely how it's all going to fit together and we don't know what services particularly it's going to offer in the whole. So it's still early days, which means there's plenty of time, I suppose. And this is the, the third and major challenge, which I will come back to at the end. The Connected Homes business, who are operating on their own too in terms of launching and building Hive as a, uh, as a business, have increasingly discovered that the devices themselves are just not enough. It is not about devices and technology. It has to be about both the software, so the interaction with you as a consumer, and all the related services that come with it, whether that's men in their vans mending stuff, or whether it's um, voice integration with Alexa, or, uh, or, or logical kind of um, packages that come together that make things happen in your life. So there are packages in high, for instance, now that when you walk in the door, your house sets itself to the standards that you want, the lights come on where you want them to come on, the kettle might come on, etc., etc., etc. And you can do that through if this, then that technology yourself. And then the three challenges that, that have to be met, which is all of those things together have to be affordable, they have to make sense, and they have to be simple, and they have to have some support. So whether that's 
people coming to do stuff in your home or whether that's someone to ring when it doesn't work. You have to have those three things. And uh, that is the challenge then, getting all those things together in order to have some sensible proposition. Uh, the fourth challenge is the reason many of you are here probably, which is, as someone puts it, insurance is basically a bit rubbish. Um, there are, uh, in our discussions with customers as we were uh, developing the proposition that I'll show at the end, they, they really didn't want to talk about insurance. In fact, the, the less we made the proposition sound like home insurance, the more attractive it was. And all these things remain true. General levels of trust, as everyone knows, are relatively low. And you compare that to the trust. Uh, there's a famous quote we always use, which is, uh, in the UK, there are only two people that people would let in their homes if they weren't there. One is a policeman and one is a British gas engineer in uniform. And you compare that to um, the general levels of trust in insurance, it's uh, poles apart. The normal complexity, and there are lots of um, you know, fintech solutions to instant quotes and removing kind of complex processes. Pricing and lose-lose are kind of related in the sense that everyone knows you get cheap deals for new customers and the whole classic kind of pricing challenge that the industry is facing. And then the lose-lose is about you're there to give me a claim when I need it, but of course when I do, I probably end up paying more and that just feels very odd still to consumers. They don't know what they're buying. If you ask them whether they would, uh, would they like this extra feature, they don't know whether they've got it or not. Uh, and there's all sorts of fintech apps appearing, trying to work out whether people's cover is appropriate and whether they could sell them more things. Um, this classic view that I'll talk about, that the connected home offers a chance to be cheaper, is not something that customers easily understand. So it's great as a hypothesis, but in reality, uh, it's difficult. Uh, data is an issue that will just increasingly become um, a challenge. And the last and most fundamental point don't tell me I have a problem through one of my connected devices if you can't give me a solution. Don't tell me I have water pouring out of a pipe if you're not sending a plumber to fix it at the same time. And that's the, that's the fourth challenge. I'll come to the fifth in a minute. Here is the classical view of how home insurers are thinking about the connected home proposition. And you'll read this in any kind of uh, you know, fintech blog about the connected home. Yes, there is probably a way of preventing risk. There's probably a way of pricing better. It enables you to give better service. Uh, it offers opportunities to sell new things to customers. And this whole engagement, so trying to break this cycle of it's a sort of annual renewal, you never speak to an insurer, you might make a claim, but generally, most years, most people don't, and they have no engagement at all with their insurer. The Connected Home offers this magical opportunity to provide all sorts of value potential, both across money and services and relationship. But... The fifth challenge, I think, and this was really borne out in our research, was that customers just don't think like that. So, I mean, these are really sort of simplistic examples, but we did a lot of work on, which I'll come to, perils and how perils could be managed by connected devices. And fire was a great one where we talked about, um, with insurers about fire, and they generally weren't that interested in the sense from a pure burning cost kind of method. It's not that big. It's quite hard to totally prevent when you look at the causes of fire. And it was sort of dismissed by insurers in our conversations. Talk to customers, they kind of know that, but everything they're worried about is their loved ones and their home, and particularly their pets and their photos. And fire for them, paranoia of leaving my hair straighteners on, it's not particularly about fire, but it is about um, the worry about the things that are important to them. 
peer-to-peer, -peer, I think, is another great example where the insurance industry got massively excited about peer-to-peer -peer insurance, this idea of getting back to the mutual roots of insurance. And the reality, when you talk to customers, they don't really get it and they absolutely don't trust that their neighbours will behave in a sensible, social kind of peer-to-peer -peer kind of way. And the last one, I just, I just found this, and it, it, we showed it to a customer in, in some research, and they just, I mean, I put something a bit ruder originally rather than the question mark, but this, there's a, a global insurer who has a concept of you share your data with us and um, we'll help you improve your insurance risk, and that is a, a quote around reconfiguring your living space and putting your pipes somewhere that uh, help you uh, manage your risk better, and it was total gobbledygook to uh, the customers that we showed it to. So... That's the fifth challenge, which is absolutely thinking like a consumer and making the propositions work for them as opposed to just that classical view of what insurers think. All is not lost. You could, and we will, and we are, and others are, you can forensically take perils apart. You can, there are all sorts of facts you can take and uh, go through and think about, if you take a peril apart, you totally deconstruct it, you can see that there are devices that will help insurance risk. So the thermostat is principally about uh, controlling your heating and convenience, but actually connected thermostats all have some kind of frost control in them. They stop the heating, dipping, the, the heating in your home dipping below a certain level. Those of you who work in home insurance will bound to have had claims where people are away on holiday at New Year and they come home and find water pouring down the stairs for two weeks while they're away, and they're enormous uh, losses. Leak detector, there's several out in the market. We've got one we're trialling at the moment. That's about preventing uh, small leaks becoming big ones, absolutely real as a concept, very hard to actually get precise. Moisture detectors are out there. When you think about, when you, if, you, if you deconstruct that peril and you start thinking about bathroom seals and the sort of damage that comes from small leaks but not from pipes, moisture detectors can be a way of doing that. <coughs> and the classic that no one's yet invented is a ideally self-installable remote stopcock that would turn the water off when it happens. And uh, if any of you have an idea of how to do that, would love to hear it. Um, so you can deconstruct perils. And you can also think that connected homes and connected information can do something about engagement. So some relatively easy examples, but, you know, flood data is available in the open market. You can get river levels and in real time. Uh, you can get crime data in relatively real time. You can see uh, weather patterns coming. You could note it, you know when the power cuts you can find out about and you can tell customers helpful things to minimize insurance risk. Um, and you can also engage with the services you're offering in terms of where your solution is, for instance. So, you know, we can geo-track engineers and let people know where they are, etc. So, you could, if you really apply your most optimistic thinking, having done that to every peril, and I wouldn't write these down as numbers that are kind of God's given uh, certainty, but we found a way of kind of kicking it around and going, if we could manage all these perils to X percentage across all the different causes, etc., it's possible, it's possible you could maybe knock 30% off the burning cost of a home insurance policy, maybe. We, we did manage to get to 50% at one point. I don't think that's what it's all about, really, but, but that is part of, part of the classical thinking of insurers about how a connected home can change the risk profile. The other reason all is not lost is that customers can relate these services to home insurance. So... There's a Bain survey where they interviewed loads of customers around 
could you see that an ecosystem in a kind of insurancy space could offer these kind of services, which are the things that I talked about, but early warnings, emergency repairs, remote monitoring, and they can. And some of them can see that insurers might be able to provide it. So it differs by country. Some of the newer countries, as it were, developing countries, Mexico, China, Brazil, have really quite a, a strong view um, that they would value the platform. In the UK, roughly half the people would value a platform of some kind that gave them these kind of services. And then, can an insurer provide that platform? Well, in the UK, about half of those, again, conceive that an insurer might be able to do it. So, if you've got your positive frame of mind, a quarter of people might think that an insurer might be able to lead this. If you've got your more pessimistic mind on, it might be others where that ecosystem is best served. So I go back to that challenge, that ecosystem. It can't be about devices. It has to be about devices, and it has to be about services. And I'm afraid, I think the challenge is, that insurance is just one of those services. It's not even the most valuable service in terms of the expense. Home insurance is considerably cheaper than a comprehensive service and repair contract that we sell uh, for managing your boilers, uh, your heating, your plumbing, and your drains, and other services in your home. It's a relatively small part, and that's just in one sort of service and insurance area. And it has to be affordable, simple, and supported. So the challenge of being able to offer all those things, I think, is the classical challenge that insurers are wrestling with. And who might be able to do that? Well, I suppose I'm here because I think we've got quite a good chance of doing that. Uh, we have roughly 650,000 connected homes now. The vast majority of those, over half a million, are in the UK, growing very rapidly, principally coming out of the thermostat and the energy business and our engineers. But we are growing now in Ireland, the US, and Canada. Italy is about to launch soon, and there are other countries uh, coming. And that will be both... Uh, principally, Hive is the route where we're entering new countries in the connected homes. We've got our own set of products, so there are the first seven. There are more coming. Um, so we've got listening devices coming. Listening devices are interesting because they convert your existing dumb devices into connected devices. So there's no reason why a, a listening device can't take your uh, existing smoke alarm and turn it into a connected smoke alarm. So massively reduces the kind of cost of converting your house to the connected world. Um, and there are more devices coming from partners too. And then the big kind of win for us is we can install this stuff and we can turn up and mend stuff when it goes wrong. And we have all the call centre, etc., to support it. So where does all that leave us? Well, in our discussions with customers, we eventually have come up with their vision of what they want from a proposition in this space. And it's three elements, control, and repair and protect. It's kind of in that order, almost in importance, but in an ideal world, and we're, this is you know, a version of this will be coming soon, you have your smart devices. It is integrated with some kind of voice control. It has a brilliant app and messenger that helps you manage everything that comes with the proposition and therefore gives you this proactive home prevention thing. The repair is about approved and trusted repairers in an ideal vision that they can get into your house when you're not even there and you don't have to come home from work to mend something. They also find out if there's damage and uh, get that to the insurers in advance. Simple booking, simple management, 
uh, monitoring, reporting of what's gone on, and other ways of helping. So we have FaceTiming engineers who can help you remotely and that kind of stuff. And then at the end, and they see it as the bottom bit of the pillar, if all goes wrong, the safety net essentially, which is a comprehensive buildings and contents insurance, they would love to have some concept, there's a real customer strength, nightmare from an insurance perspective of pay out and then worry about it later somehow. Some kind of, we called it pin, in, pin insurance, so a classic kind of wallet to make things quicker in terms of claims and then make claims experience very simple. So that, having done all of that, is the proposition that our customers have said they want and one that I'm busy working on trying to launch. Thanks.